0: I don't believe that balance exists, I believe it's wholeness. I'm whole to begin with, but I, I have work to do. Wholeness to me is being able to be your own bridge to your heart, through your heart. I didn't know much about qigong when I was introduced to Nicholas Bluett, but I have to say, I am a fan. In this episode, Nicholas explains how it is a powerful method that triggers the body's natural healing mechanisms. He helps us understand that it is how we connect our mind and body that governs our overall peace of mind and how we experience personal well-being and vitality.
1: Qigong um, for me came as part of a practice. So when I was very young, I moved interstate from my parents which here in Australia is a long way like I'm, I'm 2,000 kilometers away um, I set up my life here to do architectural drafting I wanted to be an architect I decided toward the end of that course that sitting in front of a computer was probably not where I wanted to spend the rest of my life and so I dropped out of that and I just started mooching around trying to decide what to do and I went to get a job at SeaWorld, the Australian's version of SeaWorld. And on my first day there, I I met a Welshman, a guy who'd come over from Wales in in the United Kingdom to study Tai Chi. Now, I'll probably pronounce Tai Chi, Tai Chi, because that's the, the Chinese way of selling it. But he came over to learn Tai Chi from an Australian master. But unlike the Tai Chi that most people are aware of, which is the slow like meditation moves, originally Tai Chi is a martial art and not a lot of people still practice it that way. It's the slow side of Tai Chi that has tended to become uh, socially prominent, but the martial art aspect of it still flitters around in different circles. And so on the first day, a conversation with him around that became that the martial arts teach you about the healing aspect of Tai Chi and the healing aspect teaches you about the martial, the self-defense aspect. So I really liked this reciprocal relationship between the martial arts and the healing because I grew up in a country town. There were a lot of people who did karate. They were kind of the bullies and kind of like the meatheads, you know, kind of rednecks. And so it never really fascinated me. But through talking with him, I really got this idea of of how Tai Chi was a complete practice about self defense and about healing, and this really represented to me that yin and yang polarity of of life. And so, I started training with him uh, in the Tai Chi in the martial arts, and Qigong was a was part of the training of the internal martial arts. So let me just take this a step. Further, just to kind of point out where this goes. So a lot of people think that qigong is a set of postures or a set of movements. Mm. And it's actually not right, Michelle, what qigong is, it's actually a way of moving. Mm. And it's this way of moving that has all the benefits. Now, of course, surely the postures and movements, they do move the body in certain ways, which pump and move the chi and the energy around the body for healing and, and to do other work. But the main perspective, is it's the way of moving. And so right back in ancient history, some Chinese martial artists went, hey, this qigong is really handy for certain aspects that would actually benefit our martial arts training. Let's incorporate that into what we do. And so it may be like a boxer. Boxers don't always spar. They, they practice shadow boxing and they fight an imaginary opponent. And so the martial artist started using the way of moving in Qigong to form like a meditative shadow boxing routine where they mm. were still doing martial arts like movements, but they were getting all the health benefits or the neurological benefits or the biochemical benefits biochemical benefits, all the meditation benefits of the qigong practice of a moving meditation. And so that became what is known as Tai Chi. The martial arts kind of got taken out and most people just know of the Tai Chi. So I say to a lot of people that Tai Chi is qigong. And they go, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you know how you have yoga, Mm -hmm. and you have all these different sorts of yoga coming off this main yoga term or this main practice, and people can practice all different styles of yoga. You've got qigong, and you've got all these different styles of qigong that came from all the different families and all the different provinces, and essentially it's it's a way of moving. And so Tai Chi just is one way of doing qigong. Now, the biggest difference is that Tai Chi is probably – slightly more complex and slightly more difficult. The movements are still roughly based around martial arts. And so they require a lot more concentration, a lot more focus, a lot more practice, uh, and a lot more memory. Whereas Qigong tends to focus more on the moving meditation, the health, uh, and all the mindset gifts that Qigong give you, as opposed to the complexity. And so even though my first love is Tai Chi and the martial arts, I really see that Qigong holds within itself a really super important message for society. And so I decided to really promote those aspects of Qigong out into the public because I believe it should be as popular as yoga for the benefits that it gives us. And so Qigong is a movement meditation that corrects the body structure, that helps you to heal injuries, that allows you to ground your energy and become grounded in your person. It's a cellular aspect. It's a biochemical reality of being grounded, of being centered, of having clear focused mindset, of concentration, of bringing the mind to infuse back into the body and to really engage the spirit and our soul to, um, invoke us with, with energy and, and create a practice that really enlivens our, our whole, um, the whole perspective, the whole range of, of human mind, body, and soul connections. So.
0: I was able to do a, a five day, uh, workshop with you and I learned so much. I, I thought it was so amazing um, to combine the understanding of, you know, it wasn't just an exercise class. It was, it was, I was learning about myself. In fact, I wrote down to myself or a note to myself, as I said, I felt like I was learning how my body works. You know, it was almost like how it made so much sense, not just physiologically, although that was a part of it, but the way that you kind of explained how this things work together and, and and how they you know whether whether it's symbolically or metaphorically or or physically, just how they work with each other with that body mind spirit, you know it it just made so much sense and um and it really felt true, so I hear I'm in this like kind of an exercise program, but i've I've had these feelings of truth come up a lot as you were describing uh how our body works, and I really liked it, so tell everybody to to do that but um and so i liked the learning and the exercise you know like it wasn't just an exercise program it was really it was an education in about my body how i how it worked and what supported it and and why you would do certain things what how it would support it you know and i also love that you were willing to say um you know you knew when to say okay this is going to be this is there's tension here or this is going to be difficult and to learn to accept that what's brought in the mind, right? That's the the mind mm-hmm. part of it, you know, all of that kind of thing. But um, and but the first thing you talk about, the first thing you kind of go with is breath. You know, so let's talk about breath for a minute. Tell teach us a little bit about that. What, what do you want to say about breath?
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. About breath. So just just to bring it in from what you just spoke about, which was great, and, and thank you for coming on the challenge. I love having you there it was was really nice is that what I've come to understand about qigong and about shamanism and about ancient cultures and and different religions and different philosophies is that the human body in the ancient cultures actually stored information within our bodies within movement and like our cellular neurological connections and so First and foremost, I actually see Qigong as a way of embodying philosophy and life principles and so mm-hmm. that we actually embody them. And I explain this to people. It's like when you when you peel a banana and you walk up to a bin and you've got the banana in one hand, the peel in the other, and you mm-hmm. throw the peel in the bin and then you realise mm-hmm. that was the banana and you're left holding the peel. And you're like, mm-hmm. why did that happen? Like I know better than that. I knew why did my body respond differently from that which I knew? And I think just as humans, we might do that occasionally when we turn around and go, why did I respond that way? I knew different. And so Qigong is about infusing philosophy and principles and and virtue and merit into our body. And so what we really want to do to create that, create a state within our body where that becomes transmissible is we want to infuse breath with body with the spirit Mm -hmm. and so when we start with the breathing mechanics I actually bring in uh, a hack that I was actually taught from a western perspective that when I first learned it I was like oh wow like this fills in gaps on what i had been taught from qigong which actually teaches us to correctly engage our diaphragm Switch off the secondary, the ancillary breathing muscles. Now, the ancillary or the secondary breathing muscles are like a backup generator. And if we're not engaging our diaphragm as our primary breathing mechanism, the ancillary breathing muscles in our head and shoulder, in our neck and shoulder, switch on, and we end up with shoulders up around our neck. Mm. We're shallow breathing, we're probably getting anxiety. We're, you know, we're all caught up in our head, we're flustered. So we really need to start learning to bring that breath down. And the Chinese would say to anchor this into lower Dantian. And I'll talk about Dantian in a little bit, I think. But when we anchor this into our lower body, the Chinese would say we're getting root. We're pulling ourselves down and we're gaining this root, this center and this groundedness. And so the first thing to do is to realize that breath, body and mind should not be separated. Mm-hmm. And so by bringing the breath back into diaphragmatic breathing and going through the steps I did, I find it's a good way to, for people to discover that the body actually breathes. We don't mm. breathe here. And often when we meditate, a teacher, a master will say, focus on the breath. Mm-hmm. And so we start thinking with our mind, breathe in, breathe out. I need to breathe in slower. I need to breathe out. And so we're caught up in the monkey mind when we should be just Observing breath mm. and observing it as a happening, not mentally engaging in the process of breathing. So, when I can bring it back down to the diaphragmatic mechanisms and get that happening, I can go, This is mental breathing. Think, breathe in, breathe out. Now, mm-hmm. let's stop that and let's let our body breathe. And for any dog, cat owners, or people with small children out there, when you look at your dog or your cat or your baby, and it's asleep, you see its body breathing. Mm -hmm. Now, when the body actually breathes correctly, we set off our vagus nerve. It's a natural reaction of the body. It puts us into a state of rest and digest. It makes us receptive. It makes us open. It allows Mm -hmm. our body to be soft and regenerative. And Stanford University have done a research into actually learning to direct control of your diaphragm mentally actually means that you recover from exercise faster. So people with poor diaphragmatic control probably have poor regeneration.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: bringing everything back into the breath to begin with and seeing how movement is a function of breath, breath is a function of movement, and then learning to switch off our mind so we can observe brings that mind, body, and, and um, breath all back into alignment. When that happens, the Chinese would say that we begin to build up what the three treasures or the three substances, which are pure essences within inside our body that make the rest of our body, that make up the body matrix itself. And we want to build up these substances for longevity, for health, To embody more spirit, to be stronger, to have more resilience, and have all the human qualities that make us robust, capable, clear adults and not kind of dysfunctional, struggling, you know, caught up in our heads, anxiety, depression, our bodies breaking down, we're sore. That's the idea of Qigong is to really build up that facility of our body to build up those substances, to build longevity and make us really healthy and robust animals mm, yeah it, Does that make sense?
0: yeah as you're talking i think of i think we naturally uh want more of this um but maybe we turn to sugar or caffeine or or things like that right yes, when yes. it's our breath and i think it's so fascinating that um to think about because we think about breathing as um getting the air into our bodies but it's also a message you know we're sending a message out and we're bringing a message in i I just Mm -hmm. i think that was that's so interesting you know with healing and with trauma work a lot of times i can look at someone's movements i can look at how they hold themselves and i can see what their trauma was so Mm -hmm. so if they have their shoulders more like this i can see that they were put upon you know if they look kind of like this, I can see their trauma was, was different. You know, I can see that. And so I never thought about, and this is what I loved and I learned in, in the workshop, uh, the challenges that I loved that the idea, it just like occurred to me that I thought, Oh, I can flip that. So where I'm looking for the message to come out, I can also use movement to send a message in to my body. And I just hadn't thought about that. I I guess I've thought of yoga and that type of thing as being able to, you know, as more of exercise. Right. And, and although this is very helpful, it's very good and healthy for your body. There's this dynamic to it of uh, intention that I just thought was, was so fantastic. I just think it's so great. So I can't wait for members of the library to get some of your information. So tell us a little bit about that Don Tien, because I thought that was a fascinating model.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I will do. Um, I just wanted to respond with you, you with, with what you're saying with the body. So our body posture dictates a lot about what's going on the inside. And there's that fantastic book, um, The Body Keeps the Score with Trauma. Mm-hmm. Another way to think of Qigong is that we are creating a neutral state within our body.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: Chinese essentially believe that Tension is disease, and we have two different types of tension. Now, Michelle, I thought you might ask me about the Dantian, so I actually have my uh, drawing oh, board set up right beside me, ready to go. So, I always like to be uh, organized.
0: Yeah, it was so helpful.
1: Program. It was so helpful to see that. To so see policy. that. Yeah. And so. Just before we get into Dantian and what I was just saying then is we have two different types of pressure in the world. One of the Mm. ways I like to explain this is by picturing us as a balloon.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Now, with our qigong and with that drawing in of the breath, we are trying to fill ourselves up with what we would call in Qigong as internal tension. Mm. Now, internal tension is quite healthy. And if the skin of the balloon was our body, it would keep it nice and open. It would keep the pressure nice and even. And so we would we would float through the world quite happily in that regard. However, life isn't always life, right? Great. always isn't easy. And so we can have external tension or external pressure placed onto the outside of our body from outside, stress, um, studies, whatever it might be, work. And so what we want to do in Qigong is make sure that we have enough on the inside to keep our body nice and open and powerful and have that energy to use as opposed to letting pressures push in on our body. Otherwise, what tends to happen is we'll end up like a balloon like this Mm -hmm. and life has pushed in on us and created Mm -hmm. our internal to compress. What Mm -hmm. this will also do is this puts tension into our body Mm -hmm. in different ways or it might also have areas that become very soft and loose. Mm -hmm. And so this softness or tightness, this external tension is where emotions, physical trauma, and different things are held in the body. Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to do in our Qigong is create this neutral, nice and open tensegrity and release all these pockets of tension so our body opens up to be a nice inflated balloon as opposed to a balloon which is compressed and pushed in. Mm -hmm. Now the other way that this can happen is in a balloon that's nice and blown up, we have lots of air. Let's just imagine that's like, structural density, so our body is nice and strong and can keep itself open because it's robust. There's a lot of strength, whereas in this balloon, there's not much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what Qigong does is it actually fills up this internal pressure. So we find a lot of empaths, energy workers, or just people who are stressed, people who might be being um, manipulated, abused by friends, co-workers, whatever it is, it's like their balloon has popped and they're letting out air mm. and they're not putting any back in. Mm-hmm. And so over time they become deficient, deflated, their body will either become weak or super tense and that will form disease.
0: Mm-hmm. So the
1: Chinese say that tension is disease, but this internal tension is what helps us push that out.
0: Right. It's like a yin and yang.
1: <laughs> they're both yeah, part exactly. of the whole Right. Exactly. Right. Now, for the dantien, we actually have three dantien or three balloons lined up over the top of each other. We have our head, we have our torso, and we have our pelvis, and our legs would be down here. Mm. There. Okay. So these three dantien do the same thing. They actually are spaces in our body that we want to keep open. Mm. now the important thing here is there isn't a magical force field diamond in my body we're actually talking about the physical shape of the pelvis the physical Mm. shape of the chest and abdomen the physical shape of the head Mm. and what happens is is when we end up with tension in an area through the body is our diamond might end up looking more like Mhm, like that, mm-hmm. all bent out of shape. Mm-hmm. Bones are twisted, muscles are tight, areas might be weak and flaccid. And when this happens, our energy doesn't move smoothly. Mm-hmm. And so what Qigong is doing is it's building up the strength within these Dantian to open our body into be the most complete shape, for us genetically mm-hmm. and to fill us with chi and blood and energy and all the things that we want to function in the world uh, as our most capable selves. Mm. But when this energy begins to get used and we don't have enough on the inside as I said that all begins to shrink down and we don't have the um the energy or the fortitude to really move through life as we might like to.
0: You know, I think what's what's tricky is we we want to fix that and we go into effort, you know, we, we go into efforting it, which is almost in contrast. And I I loved in the program and, and you would talk a lot about more relaxing into it. I don't know if that's the right word, but it was, in, it wasn't as efforting it. You know, it's not, it's not a movement of it's, and you even talk about the word neutral too. It's like, mm-hmm. so talk a little bit about, you know, how, how that's so different. I think th- those words are different because I think if we, think about it, what we're looking for, what we think we're looking for is the opposite of neutral or, or this effort or this hard work, you know, kind
1: of a thing. And And it's not built into our society. And so one way to have an analogy around this is something I call the band-aid effect. Mm -hmm. And the band-aid effect is like, oh, we'll just put a band-aid here. Oh, we'll just put a band, we'll just put it, instead of fixing Mm -hmm. the whole system, right? the problem that's systemic, we go to um right signs and symptoms which we do in western medicine right there's lots of drugs right. for the signs symptom what do we do to that cause so what we do is we go oh okay well there's a lot of tension in this part let's mm-hmm. let's work that muscle oh right. there's not much here let's work this muscle and mm. so we're trying to pull it back into alignment mm-hmm. however we're just putting a band-aid on and and Strengthening this one might cause this one to go and, and working mm-hmm. on this one might cause this one to go. And so it's like we end up chasing our own tail and getting super defeated. Mm-hmm. However, what we want to do, and it, as you said, it's counterintuitive from a Western mm-hmm. mindset. Now, the Chinese have a term wu-wei. Have you ever come across it? It sounds familiar, yes. Yeah, 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 it's used a lot. <laughs> wu-wei often means... um. Yes. To not force is one of the best translations you can have. So it's it's work without working in a sense. And it right. really requires us to surrender. Mm-hmm. However, if surrendering and relaxing and being soft was super easy and going slow was super easy, do you think we'd probably do it more often and not be out of balance to begin with? Yeah, right. (laughs) But it's so counterintuitive and it's so opposite to our mindset that we continually force and so we've got this shape and we're trying to get it all into place and doing this exercise and that exercise as opposed to actually just stopping, (laughs) softening and allowing our body to return to a neutral state. Now, I also believe there's a time to do exercise,
0: to do yoga,
1: to do weights, to do running, to do those. We're designed for that. The problem is that we never take the time to actually release the tension out of our body and Mm -hmm. return it back to a balanced state. Mm -hmm. And after a lifetime of that, we're often quite warped and so out of shape that the effort required to return ourselves to that balanced shape can be can be fulfilled with its own kind of difficulties and nuances because learning to do that is its own challenge. Did you find, like I often talk about qigong literally means energy work, qi work. Did mm. you definitely find there was a work?
0: Even yeah.
1: though it was counterintuitive, there mm-hmm. was an effort there. And it's really that effort, that gong, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is us learning to Soften, pushing ourselves through those right. boundaries and learning to actually step back and fall into that woo-way of allowing nature to mm-hmm. to take its course, allowing ourselves to fall back into alignment with the way that nature wants things to unfold as opposed to being a contrived human being and trying to force things right. into the way that we want them to be, which right. gives us expectations, which then is quite often what defeats us in life. So
0: when I say even that effort, I think it's more, it's like, I'm just going to will it to be, you know, you're just going to will it to be versus that softening. And you use that a lot, like softening into it and actually allowing and actually being with, and actually, Um, I, I just, like we say, it's counterintuitive. And yet I feel like that's where so much healing comes is when we move into those kinds of states and those kinds of experiences to mm. To give us support, you know,
1: to give and us one support. one of the things you find when, when, sorry to cut you off, when you do start do it going through this process is that your body gets softer. Mm. You get more space in mm. your body. You mm-hmm. get more time because your mind's clearer. You know, the focus and the intentfulness as things fall back into balance give us a natural state of flow as opposed mm. to, as you said, of, of will or of trying to force things to right. And people right. often find that that time and the space and the softness and relaxation of their body gives them back movement. Mm-hmm. Gives them back access to parts of their personality and freedom mm. and joy. And it helps to release negative emotions. And it's not something that we need to actively engage necessarily. It's mm-hmm. that, that tension or, or that shape within the body dissipates and that emotion gets released. And we might have a big teary, we might get angry, whatever happens. And then, like the Buddha said, that would that will that too is impermanent. That will disappear mm-hmm. and your body will just return back. And you'll be like, where did all this freedom inside mm-hmm. my body come from? And this joy, mm-hmm. like I actually just feel good. Mm -hmm. So I find that one of the most rewarding things when people start to have those experiences with themselves and with their body, because like often people haven't felt that since they were a child or, you know, from one or two periods in their life where they actually felt truly fulfilled, but it really allows us to create that state within ourselves as, as kind of a daily beingness.
0: Yeah. Do you have any stories like of people that you can share um, about their experiences and and how that changed them?
1: Yeah. Yes. So I actually have now a very close friend, but at the time um, someone I knew, and then they're, they're a health, uh, sorry, they're not a health coach, but they're a business coach, very successful, (laughs) have a large clientele. And this individual was starting to get a little bit later in life to want A baby but that was her thing she'd always wanted it um she's not in a relationship so she was going through IVF to have a baby but her health wasn't permitting her Mm. and every IVF uh session didn't go as planned Mm. and so she she called me and we've been friends and she'd been doing a bit of chigong with me and she's like okay so You're like one of the most naturally healthy people I know. Like it's not like you're doing anything extreme, but you just kind of have this groove. What are your 10 most, what are your 10 top values around health? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm a health coach and I've been an acupuncturist and Chinese medical doctor for 23 years and into my qigong for nearly 30. And I'm like, I can't tell you what my Mm -hmm. 10 values are. Give me 36 hours to think about this and I'll come up with a list. Let's do this. And so I wrote my list and I did what everyone else did. I'm like, well, eat well and get exercise. And and then I kind of stopped and I was like, it's not really my top values. Mm. Otherwise, I'd have a strict diet. Otherwise, I'd be really strict in all these different things. What is it? And I'm like, my first value is creating space Mm -hmm. and having that pliability, the moldability, Mm -hmm. the dexterity to turn, pivot, you know, yeah, if I'm hungry and the only thing around is is junk food but I'm hungry and I know that I'm not performing, you know, my mind's distracted, yeah, I'll go and eat it. Mm -hmm. My body will deal with it. Doesn't mean I always do it, but I'm not going to beat myself up for having a McDonald's Mm -hmm. burger, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like I do it often, Mm -hmm. but I will. And Mm -hmm. very early on, I turned vegetarian when I was 13, hardcore vegan by 19, kind of when I started my Tai Chi training. But then by 24, I was pretty unwell and I was studying Chinese medicine. So I thought to myself, I'm big enough and ugly enough to test this theory out. So (laughs) let's eat a little bit of meat and see the difference it'll make in my body. And I started to eat a little bit and for me and, and my disposition, I just, my health and my stamina just went up like instantly. Wow. So I was like, right, this must be a good thing for me. But my mindset was so that meat was bad. I was mm-hmm. still stuck in that paradigm for me and, and vegetarianism works for people. Veganism works for other people. Right. Not so much for me at this time. Right. And. I was so stuck in that mindset that I would only eat very specific foods. I had to go to very specific shops to get my very specific foods. If they, you know, if they weren't available, then I'd just go hungry until I could,
0: which Mm -hmm. made me very
1: deficient, made me very weak and wasn't good for my mental health, really. Mm -hmm. And I still remember the day when there was a dirty bakery, uh, like sausage rolls and pies. I don't know if you had, like, in in the States, like, just, just, Not, not, you know, would they be junk food? I like, guess they're junk food. They're probably not great food, but they're not bad, right? And right. And just this day, like the smell and everything. And mm. I started eating a little bit of meat and I was like, I'm so hungry. I'm just going to grab one of these dirty sausage rolls and I'm going to eat it. And if you've ever been drunk and you've eaten a kebab or a piece of pizza <laughs> after coming out of a nightclub and it's the best <laughs> thing you've ever tasted, that is literally how I ate this sausage roll. Yeah, yeah. But the the emotion that came over me was nurture. Mm. I'd nurtured myself. Mm -hmm. I'd given to myself something that I required at that time and the spaciousness that that allowed me in my person Mm -hmm. to just be content. And so Mm -hmm. that's where I really think I started to formulate this idea of never having these really hard and fast rules around things. And I guess Mm -hmm. what my friend, my colleague was looking for was these, you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to do this. And I was like, what a great way to put yourself into a stressful, deficient state. Yes. So first and foremost, while we might have values around eating good food, getting good exercise, I think one of the main things, and Qigong has literally taught this to me, it's it's something that it allows you, is this spaciousness in your being Mm. to just be. Mm -hmm. and you find that beingness inside yourself and that's a state of great empowerment and strength and resilience and um, being really robust because it allows you so much malleability and pliability around life Mm -hmm. to actually navigate through in a way that serves you and is nurturing as Mm -hmm. opposed to forcing you into these little tiny boxes of shoulds, coulds, woulds yes. that, as we know, aren't very healthy for us. Mm-hmm. And so the biggest success there was the fact that she really took that on. Mm-hmm. And she started to give herself space around mm-hmm. that and really allowed her to start to build up the hormonal profile she needed to fall pregnant, nutritional profile that she needed to build up Mm -hmm. because she was no longer it's like you can't hold on to sand through gripping it tightly right water you need to be soft and you need to cup it and you need to hold it and nurture it you can't tense it tightly. and the more we kind of try and clench onto life tightly the more tension we create which pulls our body out of further shape yes Surrender and find that space and so First and foremost, Qigong really teaches us about building that time and that mm-hmm. space inside ourselves, which really allows the rest of our faculties to begin to soften and, and become mm-hmm. more pliable and then really fill up with the energy, the self-worth, the confidence um, mm-hmm. that we need to really push ourselves, work ourselves, create ourselves, manifest ourselves forward. Does that
0: make yeah. sense? Oh yeah, I love everything you're saying. I don't know if you know this, but I I, I wrote a book. It's called The Mentality Workout because uh, going on over probably eleven or twelve years, you know, I I lost a bunch of weight and and it was it was a it was a mindset thing and and, and the mindset though everybody wants me to tell them a mindset you know like. And it wasn't that. In fact, I tell this story. I was interviewed, uh, and for um, Women's Health magazine, they they actually interviewed me, and we did about six hours of uh, of on the phone conversation. This was before Zoom, um, and so we were just on the phone and trying to get. She was this writer was trying to understand how she could write about me because I didn't know how to give you know, a list. She wanted a, what I exercised, what I ate, what I did. And it was just so much bigger than that. It was just so much grander. I love your idea of, find, of going through your value system and figuring out how that works for your body. I do, I do that too, because it's. it depends. Yeah. I, I had a client who said she's, you know, she was getting some Uh, coaching about weight loss and you know and she was like listening to all the, you know trying to figure out how she was going to obey all these rules in a in a way and she said okay but i i have a problem i i like to eat some chocolate chip chocolate chips like i keep a little bag and and i'll take some chocolate chips every so often (laughs) she's like so what am i supposed to do and i said enjoy them you know enjoy them like because that 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 most of the time you, we're eating mindlessly, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. If if your body wants some chocolate chips, listen to that body, you know, and, and listen to all of those things about it. And I love the way, I thought it was interesting what you said about, so we make space, we're, we're, we're creating space. And really what we allow ourselves is to take up space, right? It's mm-hmm. really about... Mm-hmm we get to that point where we say, I get to take up space in the world. So for you, it was a sausage roll for someone else. It might not be, but you, you were able to take up space with your value. And, and that's so empowering. And that's what you're feeling through is those kinds of things is that, that feeling is what you're trying to achieve. I I, think again, it's the process
1: of, of going through the Qigong, as you were saying, like learning how to soften and learning how to surrender and that actually teaches you how to do that in reality. And first and foremost, we've got to be able to do it in here before we can do it out there. And so it really teaches the mind and the body how to access that for itself, which then will translate out into the world as your action. So if people have problems with that, doing Qigong over a period of time will actually give you that faculty and give you the facility to open up into, into doing that more and more.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and by doing that, we would say it's, it's, it's using movement of our bodies would, you know, to, to, to create that space to, to feed those different parts of that, that Don Tien, you know, um, exactly. so, so you're going to exactly. want to feed that mind, you're going to want to feed that heart space, and you're going to want to feed that body space.
1: And, um, and the interesting thing to note here is there's been so much research done on what they call mammalian play biology. So how Mm. mammals play. And Mm -hmm. we learn so much through play as Mm -hmm. humans. And I've got a bit of a catchphrase. I don't know if it's appropriate for this uh, podcast, but I'm going to say it anyway. The people don't play with themselves enough. Mm -hmm. People need to spend more time playing with themselves. And Qigong really gives you the ability to play with movement and movement will actually change your nervous system. And Mm. if we're doing the same movements every day, Walking, standing, sitting, going to the fridge, maybe going on a walk with our dog, you know, maybe just jogging, maybe it's just going to the gym. But if we're not moving outside the boundaries of our normal regular movement, mm-hmm. then our nervous system isn't actually beginning to change or adapt. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the way that we can learn to move and play with ourselves using Qigong and learn to play with different principles, different universal principles and things like this, this play actively changes our nervous system and allows us to transcribe these elements into ourselves. So mm-hmm. just as you're saying, you know, it gives us that ability to actually spend time with ourselves, mm-hmm. to actually mm-hmm. spend time with our own bodies. Mm-hmm. It's not something we do very often. Right. Right.
0: So do we do these exercises by ourselves or do you do them with
1: a group, you know, at both? What? Uh, how does it work? Yeah, both, both in groups by yourself, both have their benefits. Mm-hmm. Like I say to a lot of people, following along is really good, but you'll have the best workouts, the best Qigong workouts you ever had when you know how to do it for yourself and you can really deeply engage. Mm. But yeah, either in groups or in person, there are, two-man sets or three-person, four-person sets, ways you can do qigungs in groups. Um, mm-hmm. I have a lot of people who come to my um, teacher training courses mm-hmm. to learn how to use qigong to facilitate workshops or events or retreats, how to add mm-hmm. it into their yoga or Pilates classes um, to really mm-hmm. offer their students just a different way of engaging the body, mm-hmm. um, which it is. It's very different from a lot of other ways of going about things, and and that's why I think it holds such a, Medicinal value mm. is because, whilst I said before, we should be running, jumping, doing all our other exercise, our yoga, whatever it is. The qigong underpins all that and and resets our body. And so, it's really something I feel that everyone can do to bring themselves back into that balance, even if they're an elite athlete. You mm-hmm. know, it gives them a way of resetting the body tension and getting themselves into a deep state of regeneration and relaxation. Um, mm-hmm. you know, for people who are stressed at work, it's very time, it's quite spatially easy. You don't need a lot of room, you don't need to go walking. You know, you can do it in your house, you can do it in your backyard. Um, yeah, it's a really good way for people to engage in a meditation that incorporates the body, a physical mm-hmm. meditation. Which, if you're someone who sat down, you've crossed your legs, you've gone into lotus, and you're like, I am going to meditate, and then you're like, <laughs> what's for dinner? I can't, I can't do this. I can't, I can't sit and meditate. Right. As a young man, like skater boy, you know, a lot of energy sitting down meditating was not something that, you know, I could, I could actively do well. Let's just admit that. But learning to meditate on movement and learning to focus on the body gave me something to actually focus on. It wasn't like just focus.
0: Right.
1: Like focus on your body. And over a period of time of doing that, it actually gave me the ability to just meditate mm-hmm. because I could actually learn to focus my mind. But to do that initially was crazy impossible.
0: Right. But actually, Like most people. <laughs> body,
1: yeah. A, most people are like this, right? So a body-centered mm-hmm. meditation where you're actually focusing on your body and your physiology will give... Mm-hmm. You know, 99 out of 100 people, a much better chance at actually learning to retrain and discipline their mind and learn to meditate than just mm. trying to meditate. So, mm-hmm. you know, if people are out there who who find that and you're like, I can't meditate, I can't, like my mind doesn't want to, mm-hmm. qigong, 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 it'll, yeah. it'll really help you with that. And you also teach, you teach
0: how to do it and then you actually Teach, certify other people to teach it themselves. Correct, which is kind of an extra. Yeah, that's great. That's so great. So, can you give us a little example? And if if you're if you're listening to this just on audio, go to YouTube and watch (laughs) watch this if you need to. But can you give us just a little example so we kind of understand what we're talking about?
1: So, qigong as well. It can be done seated. So I'll I'll do it seating right now because I will I will fit in the screen a little bit easier. Yeah. As I said, the way of moving is super important. So a lot of qigong movements are actually quite, they're they're simple, they're not necessarily easy. And so there's Mm -hmm. a type of movement called pandiculation. Funny word, I know, but it's how cats stretch and dogs stretch. They're not stretching, they're pandiculating. And so in a lot of Mm -hmm. my courses, I go up with people how to move like this. But a really basic qigong movement, I'm going to lift my chair up a little bit higher there we go, here, yeah. would be simply just bring the hands in and up and down and out. So my hands are going to go in and up, in towards my centre line and up, and down and out. Now, this is where the tricky thing comes in. So my hand to start with is Yang. It's flexed, like it's pushing out. Mm -hmm. By the time I get to the top, my hand wants to be relaxed. Mm. and wants to be a yin palm. From the yin palm to down here, I need to slowly Mm. change down to yang. And from the yang palm at the bottom to the top, I need to slowly change to yin. So it's not like I'm going change, move, change, Mm -hmm. move. But that change has to happen the whole way through. And this is the part that I want you to meditate on right now is just having your hands here out slightly out to the sides of your body. And then your hands are going to be slightly flexed. And then they're going to relax up to shoulder height as they relax to being nice and yin. And then as we push down, we're pushing down, letting our hands change to back to being flexed or slightly yang. Now, we're going to take a breath in. As the hands rise up, slowly relaxing to being yin, and then we're going to push down slowly, letting them go yang. Now, holding your hands at the bottom here for a moment, I want you to imagine you can feel two basketballs and they're pushed down under some water, okay? Now, if I was just to take my hand off, that basketball would blobble to the top of the water, And so what we want to do is we want to be very slow and controlled, resisting that basketball wanting just to float to the top of the water as we raise our hands. And now the ball is at the top of the water. We want to push it down through the water. And you might notice there's a little bit of kind of assumed resistance there. This is good. This is what we want to start building up in our body. So we would breathe in and we would release that basketball to the top of the water, making sure to be super mindful so the basketball doesn't slip out from our hands and float to the top, and then we want to be super mindful to keep control of the basketball as we push it down, submerging it in the water. Mm. And we would rest our mind right on the edge of movement, and so in that movement, and it's nice to put your mind into a peripheral state. So while you're sitting there, Michelle, like put, your, put yourself into a nice peripheral state of vision. I know you may like to watch me on the screen, but mm-hmm. if you can't put your ears into a peripheral state, and try to create that nice space and just take a few breaths to really try and open up and relax and rest your mind on the movement of the hands up, that change of the wrist. Be completely, intimately Focused on the change of the arms and then the pressing down, pushing the basketballs down to the water, resting your mind right on the edge of that movement. And just focusing. I sometimes say focus on physiology. Rest your mind on the movement. You're just looking for every tiny increment of movement and just rest in your mind onto that movement. Good. Now, of course, when we do that in the challenge, we add the breathing mechanics into that. We're standing up. There's a rocking backwards and forwards, and we start to build up what I like to call like a global or a whole body movement where the movement's happening as a consequence of the breathing, the breathing is happening as a consequence of the moving, the mind is resting right on the edge of that movement. And I don't know if you or if people watching got got that feeling right then, but it can be quite opening, quite relaxing, quite softening, mm-hmm. just to actually focus your mind on your physical body.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It brings our mind back into contact with the body and starts to infuse mind and body back together as opposed to us just using our minds and thinking our body is just some kind of apparatus that gets things done for our brain and we start to, yeah, re-knit those back together.
0: Yeah, it, it felt like immediately uh, almost like I, I, I asked myself even, what does this feel like? And it was almost the thing that came to me was like it was almost like there's just enough you know, that was the feeling is it was just I, it's like, things will get done, you know, like, there was just this enoughness, I don't know how else quite to describe it, even in that little small um, demonstration that I really appreciate that you you showed us, but it's like, yeah, the the body that was it, it, years ago, when I when I asked, you know, to learn about this kind of stuff, that was, it was the body is this communicator, it, we need to listen to the body we need to hear what the body has to say we need to ask the body questions you know there it was a dialogue with the physical body and it's been empowering in my life ever since i have taken that advice and so i love that there's i didn't know there was a way for people to kind of learn that easier because it's easy it's better to just experience it rather than just tell you about it
1: (laughs) and that's what i I I think it needs to be experienced doesn't it because otherwise we just think about it and I think yes. that's the way we think in the world. We're like mind, body, whereas the Chinese are like, no, mind, body.
0: Right. They're one in
1: the same. They're not separate. Right. And we right. need to stop separating them. We need to bring the mind back in to be part of the body. Mm-hmm. yeah that, that integration. Yeah, otherwise, and I, it's really that that we're looking at doing with our qigong so everything re-knits, and it's that that brings us back our health. Mm-hmm
0: yes yes well and we you know we we use a lot of that we would the word wholeness you know and so we I always ask my guests what does wholeness mean to you or or how do you identify with that concept of wholeness or how do you define wholeness
1: again I think wholeness is a state a state of being when we are all of ourselves when we stop trying to use that contrived mind like probably that very wu wei state where action through non-action without even trying things just happen things manifest you know we move through life with that nice with that nice balance like a river just moving through as opposed to trying to force things and i think and again it's quite often funny when i think i originally thought like this too that that sounds like a really mystical state or something that's hard to attain. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we don't try for things, Mm -hmm. but we're not forcing. And so it really allows you to exert the all of you and to have access to all of you to use for the things that you want to do. And so really that idea of wholeness is where we have access to all parts of ourselves so that we can use them as required and it's just like oh this puzzle needs this little piece of me oh this puzzle needs this little piece of me and it allows us to move through life without getting caught and snagged on the on the spiky sticky parts of life that that trip us up and allow us to navigate that a little bit smoother um yeah, as I said, using all of ourselves to to navigate life.
0: Feel empowered every day with wholeness videos, meditations, downloads, classes, and more by joining the Wholeness Library at thewholenessnetwork.com.